Welcome to Fiction to Function. I'm Sean Melton. This is a recording of a conversation I had with my brothers, Seth and Shane, regarding Spider-Man, No Way Home, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, responsibility, and part of what it looks like to be a hero. Hope you all enjoy. Obviously, us three growing up as brothers and being as close as we always have been for as long as we have been, you know, with our age gaps far enough that we were, we grew up, uh, you know, playing with the same sorts of action figures and toys and things like that. So Christmas would be really nice because it's like we would get three sets of, you know what I mean? Like I would say, okay, well, I want Boba Fett. And then Seth would say, okay, well, I want, you know, you know, mm-hmm. Han Solo and then Shane would say, okay, well, I want Darth Vader. And then we had all three of those action figures. Right. And so there were, there were very few figures that made me feel like they were, they were mine. Um, yeah. Which would probably be a whole great conversation to have in and, in and of itself. Um, yeah. And it's funny because maybe there's even room for debate as to whether or not any of these figures were mine because we did share stuff and there would be kind right. of some disputes going back and forth with that. But uh there were two sets that, that I remembered being like, I'm going to actively seek to collect these. And one of them was the Batman, the animated series figures. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one was including like, I don't know if you remember, I made like a mega cave because I had the Batman forever cave. And then I had the, that Batman cave that like could unfold. Do you remember that? Like it was Bruce Wayne's manor. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they, they made multiple different versions of it. They made one for the animated series and Batman returns, Batman forever. And, and yeah. so there was the Batman set. And then there was the Spider-Man set and trying to collect the animated <laughs> series. And I think yeah. that that has to be, and I say that like I'm unique or something, but I'm like, it's actually really kind of the least unique you can be because growing up in the nineties, those were the pivotal guys. It was yeah. Batman and Spider-Man. And I think it was because of the, in no small part, because of the animated series attached to both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know that for me, to this day, Spider-Man was, I mean, if I'm being honest, like I'm a big Captain America fan now, and that's probably my main guy at this, pre, at this time. But through the longest extent of history, in terms of Marvel Comics, without a doubt, it probably has to be Spider-Man for yeah. me. When did you, and Seth, you and I talked about this a little bit more, but like, when did you start to yeah. peak in your so well, it's funny and i don't know yeah so i i, I mean originally my f- favorite i've i always kind of liked the which i i don't in hindsight i kind of blamed it on i've blamed it on a few things but i don't think it's even the fact that you liked the character so i felt like i couldn't like him um right. as much as it is that i i, I genuinely found individuality and in, and in, liking oddball characters like i don't know if you guys remember this but like playing uh playing star wars i had like the blue guy that like blue alien guy in like the jumpsuit oh yeah do you remember this and i made eyes yeah and i made him like he looks like a traditional alien yeah he looks like a traditional alien and like i would like make him like my main character and anyways i say that all this to say like so i you know i will say what's funny is that and and i mean even now it's like my favorite superhero is batman so it's like the least or it's the most cliche you can get 
and I am uh, well aware of that. But um, so I guess you could say I've grown out of that. But uh, so growing up, I, I always was aware that Batman was popular. So I was like, ah, I don't, you know, he's probably not my guy. And then Spider-Man was the same thing um, for me. But I will say for one, the Spider-Man universe was something that I always was like, that was rather than Spider-Man himself. It's like the Spider-Man universe, the, the, the villains, um, a big one, believe it or not, was, uh, Ben Riley. Yeah. The clone. I remember that. You know, you know, he was a big, like, I was like, all right, I'll be him then. Well, his um, rogues gallery was both Batman and yeah. Spider-Man's rogues gallery were great. Yeah. I mean, but it, then again, I was in good company with myself because of the fact that I liked these oddball characters and no one else really liked them. I mean, as early as I can remember, remember, uh, my favorites in Marvel were Hulk and um, which I wouldn't say now, honestly, I, I love Hulk, but um, Hulk was like my earliest uh, memory in, in my earliest memory. It was like my favorite and then Punisher, you know, and that's funny enough held true till today. Um, and I just thought he was cool, you know, like originally. And he was just he was what the elements I liked of Batman um, Punisher had. It, but no one liked him so i was like that's my guy he's the human who who is just a marine with a gun and i liked guns and but i really liked um but funny enough he did get introduced in spider-man so there you go but so he is a spider-man character yeah um, right but uh yeah the spider-man like rogue gallery is just like was phenomenal i just thought it was so cool having all these different which you know, like I, it didn't hit me until i was like way too old that like they're all like animals yeah <laughs> like that's like oh my god but um but anyhow so yeah but but what i will say is that yeah i, I would say that probably around like 15 to like 17 there was at that point that he was like my favorite i really got into spider-man and um because once again and it's something that i unapologetically am and you guys are as well but it's we've always been comic book fans you know yeah uh, like i i uh, and I know it's, it's trendy to say that now, but it's like, like, and we have our uncle Steve to thank for that largely. Yeah. We I got introduced say. to the, the, those, that um, world at a very young age, very young age. And it, and it really took, which already, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but then again, let's just get, I mean, like, but that that's even what's kind of hard with a lot of the like criticisms of the movie. Like that's something I've been thinking about is like, for us this is like this is what we grew up on you know yeah these absolutely are, these are our here childhood heroes being put to screen and do them doing it well i mean it's pretty amazing it's not a new watch. fad it's not twilight yeah. it's not no. it's not you know what i mean it's not no, divergence exactly. or the hunger games not that there's there's some great things to be said about at least the hunger games i think sure um, but there's there there's there's a there's a rich uh, history to it but but right. but 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 i yeah. want to start us all three off just saying like here's why we like spider-man in like the earliest iteration and then kind of our middle and then now looking back well yeah so it. in a nutshell i liked his unit what's funny is i didn't feel like i could like him and i don't even know why that is i don't blame that on you as my older brother or anyone else liking but i did know that you had a passion for him um and you had more of one than me but i liked i liked the symbiotes i liked i liked his universe um, I liked Chameleon a lot for some reason, like his all of his villain, villains. And my favorite was Shocker. 
not that he is now, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I liked all these characters. I just thought it was such a rich world. And um, anyways, and then it was about 15 to 17 that he became my favorite for the, that period of time. And there's a reason for that. Um, but, and then that fell away. I mean, he's not my favorite now, but love him to death and think he's the, probably the best objective superhero uh, to him and Superman, probably. In 15 to 16, <laughs> to that probably puts you at, and I would guess this would be, and this is another thing that would play. Yeah, 15, so it, probably, range, yeah. it probably works out to be um, that. And this was another huge mark is that so you have the animated series and then yeah. you have the Sam Raimi films. Yeah. Which were yeah. massive. I mean, that was the first yeah, one of the first sure. yeah, I ever had. Has to do it. When did the when did those come out? Two thousand two, and I think the second one came out in two thousand four. Well, um, that makes total sense. Yeah, right. The second and one was like popped off. There's he was a very convenient character to like. He was a very accessible character to like. Is I guess what I should say. Shane, do you remember what you're early on? So for me, um, it's kind of similar to Star Wars, Star, Star Wars, where I've expressed this before, where I'm like, you know, in terms of the original trilogy, I have like no memory of before that, you know, like yeah. Star, Star Wars was just like, it, I did, be, being the youngest star, like, like being the youngest in the 1990s, I, Star Wars was just part of my existence. I didn't remember before Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Especially and, for you, because you're six years younger than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so three, you- Yeah, you, three younger than there, Seth. There yeah. was not a time and so it was the same way with, um, really, it was the same way with the 90s cartoons, specifically. Uh, the X-Men cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoon, and the Batman cartoon. I just, just, it was just, it, it was, it, it was like part of my, my, my makeup, you know? And with that, there was, so, so there was kind of always that just innate, I would say, love and familiarity um, and, and appreciation and you know, obviously you had X-Men, you had uh, the, the X-Men movie come out in 2000, I believe it was. And, you know, as cool as it was, and it really was cool. And I remember seeing it at the same time, the X-Men's already an ensemble piece. You know what I mean? And especially if you grew up loving the 90s show, you already have a pretty good familiarity with pretty much every character that they bring about in the X-Men movie and you love mm-hmm. them. Um, and so, I, you know, I remember really liking the X-Men movie and being thinking it was so cool, but and it, it, there was a particular way that it, it in which it did not elevate my love and understanding and appreciation for those characters. It really did just feel like, oh, now I'm getting to see them, even though it was like really kind of yeah, my fun. first time. Yeah. Seeing, yeah, even though it was really kind of like my first time seeing a superhero movie, other than like Michael Keaton's Batman and and probably Christopher Reeve's Superman, there was still this dynamic of like it made sense but it wasn't like it, it, it wasn't like a paradigm shift i wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. say um whereas funny enough with sam raimi's spider-man the first one 2002 so that came out like right before it came out like a month before my ninth birth and i remember pretty vividly seeing that and we want to talk like, like again I'm like, so i always kind of had a love and a familiarity with superheroes but my i would say my first specific favorite superhero really probably was spider-man and it was probably a result of of that of getting to have this live action specific pointed personal movie and and like i mean like that halloween i remember like i said very vividly i you know you can guess who i was for halloween that year <laughs> you know what i mean and um and then furthermore what's cool is that carried on until 2002 which was or 2004 which was then the spider spider-man 2 which came out um for my 11th birthday and so it's like they kind of both continue to hit these mm. these points. Um, 
and and you know they almost came at very foundational times you like my ninth birthday my 11th birthday and um and then I, I would say you probably remained my favorite until probably two years after 2004 which would be 2006 which is when superman returns came out and that's the point that i think cemented superman as my favorite um so prior to this is fascinating for me because i didn't know that um, yeah yeah that spider-man was ever your favorite actually yes i apologize but yeah no 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 no. yeah so so superman wasn't your favorite until superman returns no yeah correct yeah and it was because and i mean the the blessing i guess at least back in back before they were releasing superhero movies year round uh the blessing of having a june a a june or summer birthday was the fact that a lot of times these movies batman begins Mm -hmm. um you know the star wars movies always came out in may movies usually came out around my birthday um but I uh, so what what about the movies made him your favorite then? I think well, what's funny, you know, the first one I think that like I said, I think that there was a very uh, and again the the nineties car Spider Man cartoon is fantastic. It really is. Yeah. I don't, you know, but but like I said, I think what's interesting is with the X Men having the live action X Men movie, save like a few exceptions. I don't feel because like I said, it's already an ensemble piece. I don't feel like it really got to to. Um, I really, I felt like it was just showing you different versions of these characters and you really kind of already knew it, if that makes sense. Um, whereas yeah. with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, you know, it's so true to character, but it's so condensed and it is so visceral that I think that it it really kind of, I think that it was very like impactful for me more mm-hmm. so than the X-Men movie was um, in yeah. relation to this singular character and really being able to hone in on that. Um and I think that, you know, really, I'm like, I think that it was, I think that, you know, having a, a more narrow story of Spider-Man, Green Goblin, and they're kind of similar characters and that they're both mm-hmm. getting their strength at the same time, but they're going vastly different routes with it. And yeah. you're like Norman Osborn is like, I'm almost like a mentor type figure, or like he's the dad of Peter's best friend. And Peter's this high school kid just recently graduated. And I'm like, you know, I was nine years old. So there's a lot of this stuff that like, I shouldn't, I, I didn't probably even necessarily relate to but it was still it was still it was very impactful um and i would say that that just continued on like i said specifically going into then 2004 with spider-man 2 my 11th birthday i mean i like literally like there's a degree to which i'm like these movies probably like helped raise me and and formed the the, uh the person that i wanted to become you know between spider-man to yeah. Spider-Man 2 to Superman Returns they like they each came out around birthdays of mine and at like probably pretty significant points no that's beautiful this- I think that's cool I didn't know that that was uh I didn't know that in a way this is almost like a, a quintessential fiction to function episode because when I think about you know we've had a lot of talks about the iterations of this podcast and um I mean for anybody who's listening to this we've been on an extremely long hiatus uh, yeah. due to, you know, I mean, there was the COVID, there was the pandemic, there was, you know, any number of things. And then there was a lot of trying to like a lot of conversations about finding our voice, but what keeps bringing us back to this, uh, has been, I know for me, and I, I, I think I speak for all of us has been the fact that these are conversations we're having all the time Oh yeah, and, and, and it's no small matter. So when we're talking about mm-hmm. fiction to function and what that really means, like, I mean, Shane, you, you talked about the movies, like raising you, well, yeah. there's a degree to which I mean, and I understand that that uh, uh, profoundly. 
I, yeah. I, that resonates with me on a profound level is this idea of saying, you know, well, who do you look up to? Who is your hero? And it's like, to this day, it's like, if I tell you like, well, who do I really, really emulate? Who do I really, really look up to? It's like Dumbledore, you know? Yeah. You know? And it's like, what does that mean? And, and, and I think in the best characters have, they're complex and they have a lot going on. And, and when you take a look at Spider-Man, I mean, we talked to her, like, you know, I said earlier about him. Okay. Well, he's a skinny kid. He's got problems. Um, strong broken family uh, all these are reasons to that, that build the character up and make him a really and he chooses to be a hero despite the fact that he like can't pay his rent right yeah um, mm-hmm. and all these are fantastic elements to the character but that's it, it's 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 it says something about us uh, as human beings <laughs> this draw towards spider-man um, yeah and Seth, I was wondering, I know that you were talking about you kind of got into him really, but, I, you know, to what degree yeah, well, that's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's fascinating, so even hearing that, Shane, with Spider-Man being your original favorite, and then, for because for me, it was definitely not that. I liked the Hulk. I probably was about four years old. You, Dad had a garage, has his, the garage and the laundry room was in the garage. And I, I remember sneak or going in there and I found there's this toy and you you can Google it, but do you guys know what toy I'm talking about? No. Okay. There's this like Hulk toy that uh, when you, when you like, there's like a uh, green tab that you put oh, I remember this. on yeah. the back of his. Yeah. And, and he did that. I do remember. And I was, I was just like a 3.75 mis- inch. Yeah. And he yeah. had, I think. And I actually need also- to buy one. I need to buy one of those because, because it's just uh, it, like, that's, the toy that started it all for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like the journey, you know, because I just saw that toy and it was in its wrap. But and supposedly mom said that she got it. She's like, that was for Christmas. And and she like yelled at me and stuff, but she gave it it to me. It came with rebar too, didn't it? God bless her. She did. Like that was what uh, I he think was so, bending. Yeah. I think, but That's I totally remember yeah. the tab, like the tab, the, the little tab like that you pull. Tab. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, and then once again, it wasn't much longer after that that I I liked Punisher, and and then even to this day, and I have my reasons for liking Punisher now, but and and then many more characters, but uh, it didn't hit me until you you guys mentioned the movies. Then I'm like, actually, wow, it's probably that because I mean, those were like my favorite movies i was just like what but it was those but in hindsight i'm like yeah it was those movies and what i would say is for me is what those movies did very well is and shane you already hit on this but it's like that the animated series was like and it it, it hit on it some but it's like spider-man's a kid that has to fight all these bad guys Mm -hmm. where it's like those movies really concreted like the trials and tribulations of his life that he goes through and still remains the hero and then with that being said i will say i probably personally and we've talked about this quite a bit recently sean but like there's like i have like a subjective favorite superheroes and then i have like an objective favorite superheroes and it's like i think that spider-man is just like the uh the like he's like ground zero of what's like the introduction of what a superhero is you know yeah and and what's funny is not only is he the beginning of what superheroes are he's the end of what a superhero should be which this movie does well um this newest movie no way yeah yeah so yeah he he's the hero spider-man is the hero and my point and with that being said you know obviously so when we were when we were 17 when i was 17 18 
So, um, but we, you know, parents went through a divorce and in our families went through a lot of stuff and, uh, and I was freshly, uh, I just met my now wife, you know, who I've known now for, you know, over 13 something years, but 14 years or whatever it's been. we just started dating at that time. And, and, you know, that we, you know, there was just a lot going on with the divorce and it was not a, it was not an easy time. It was not an easy time. And the parents were, were uh, not, you know, not, didn't see eye to eye on much and not, and, you know, I felt very in between all that. And I was very in between all that. And with that being said, it's, you know, but that in itself, and then on top of it, I also had a job. And on top of that, I also um, was trying to maintain friendships with friends and all this stuff. And it's just, it was, it just so spoke to me, the, well, you're the, the idea. Old, I'm the oldest of five kids. You're the second oldest. So there's a lot of, yeah. like, so you've got all of these. Now you're yeah, filling all of these five, roles. Yeah, sure. On top it, of. On top of trying to, and then yeah, graduating, which I, I, you know, we did, I did later, um, you know what I mean? And, and um so it wasn't a good time um in in it you know for what it's worth and this is where it's like uh you know superheroes are so cool is that you know it's, it's like i kind of pulled from the truths that spider-man had in in and i wouldn't say he sold it's, it's not and what this i mean it's not like he got me through it but it's like i was getting through it and then i was like i'm doing what spider-man's doing kind of you know what i mean and then it that encouraged me to keep doing it it was like okay i am on the right track because this is what spider-man does right which is like you know uh maybe don't like maybe don't complain about everything that you're going through like grin and bear it which is like there's not a better quote for spider-man you know it's like it's it's like you know take it in stride and and you know well of course i think that that's something that we all we all resonated with and it's that it's you see a reflection of that truth and again when we're talking about this fiction to function piece, this is the whole purpose of it is that you see yeah. a truth that is greater than truth. You see a truth that's mm-hmm. greater than, cause you're not right. Like bitten by a spider. And like, I don't know how to make like, you know, uh, web, you know, slingers or have organic web right. slingers, you know what I mean? Depending right. on your iteration and you're not fighting, you know, guys dressed as scorpions or octopuses or <laughs> goblins, yeah. you know, but none of that is that's all beside the point because what 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 exists there is the idea of this person who's dealing with extreme hardships Mm -hmm. is not qualified in many ways to to do what he's doing um but has the capacity like by which i mean like he's not he's not you know and, and we'll talk about this a little bit shortly is is kind of this this uh mcu iteration of the character of peter parker in in kind of where our problems, you know, where, where, where we had some um, disconnects and, and how those have, uh, I think, really been resolved in this, this latest film. But uh, you're talking about someone who doesn't have access to riches and finances and things like that. You're talking about someone who doesn't have access to the kid can't pay his rent. Um, Mm -hmm. Nobody likes them. Like there's a whole group of people who don't like them. There's people who love them, but there's a group of people who don't like them. He can't talk to people about who he is. When he does talk to people about who he is, they wind up dying. Anybody who knows that that in itself can be relatable, right? When it's like, you know, you're dealing with things that people don't genuinely don't understand. 
and yeah. that's the other thing is it's like you know it's easy to be the guy who like gossips about everyone and is always complaining about their life and but then you have you know it's like maybe maybe shut your mouth maybe be the person who you know can can withstand the the you know all the things that life throws at you and and give it your best you know what well, i mean and that's yeah. what yeah i mean it's but, it's, the, it's the plot it's it's the idea of with great power you know mm-hmm. heard it said right you know yeah pick up the heaviest thing you can and carry it right sure it's that yeah. idea so okay so if you're talking about this idea and this concept mm-hmm. who, again who emulates that better than spider-man with great power comes yeah. great responsibility he has mm-hmm. an ability and despite all of the areas where his circumstances um are encroaching upon him to his detriment, he still has a capacity in which he's able to help others. And so he chooses that yeah. regularly. And again, by the way, this is what makes Spider-Man two so good. And if anybody hasn't seen those, you should just see them because Spider-Man one works with, okay, with great power comes great responsibility. And then Spider-Man two works with, can I just put the thing away for a little while? Do I not get yeah. to have what I want? Can I try to do this? Can I try to have both? Um, I don't think that I can have both. So do I need to just have one or the other? And it's it's a it's it's, it's a very very difficult uh, uh, line to 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 ride. And, and if you're and if you're and if you live in a life which you know has has met any adversity, which I'm, everybody's has on some level, but, or know. even not even adverse. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like, and you will have have adversity, but it's like have a job while trying to have a good relationship with friends, while trying to have a good relationship with the, your wife, while trying to be a good employee, well, at a job that you don't, that's not going to be your career, you know, like, it's like these, this is what life is, is like just try, constantly trying to balance all of these different things. And, you know, what's your attitude going to be about that? And that's where, and once again, I could talk about all day, how all the attributes and, um, and virtues that, batman has that makes him my favorite but what what, what, and i talk we talk about this all the time because it's like you know due to the fact that you know batman and batman's my favorite and then like superman i love and then like there's you know there's a lot of the dc uh comics and especially the epics you know like are my favorite comic books of all time and dc so it would therefore make dc my favorite it's like what marvel does so well and i would say argue much better than dc is it just gets you in i guess the heart if you want to put it that way but it it gets you in a place where it's just so damn relatable well yeah i think that i mean it's really kind of the 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 quintessential story you know talk about an everyman if but this is the funny part if that's the kind of man you want to be or kind of person you want to be you know sure. we've already kind of hit on the hit on our rough family dynamic um but what what's you know an element of that was um for each of us as we've addressed you know it, it kind of became taking on um multiple different roles in our family you know and i know seth for you and i especially it's like we almost had like together had to perform like a a full person you know what i mean like between the responsibilities we were trying to tackle for a while um we both kind of had like together try it had to become like become together they were adult you you know what i mean um but then furthermore, you know, there was eventually a point as was rightfully and necessarily so that you moved out. And then I was solely the man of the house, 
and, sure. you know, quote unquote. And, um, and along with that, I mean, yeah, fun fact, again, I don't know how much I <clears throat> have talked to you guys about this, but there was a long while in which Spider-Man 2 was like my favorite movie um, or at least very much so one of them. And I would like pr- watch it on a probably semi-regular basis uh, to the purpose of like getting, getting through, you know, but one time in my watching it, as I was want to do when I had nothing to do and I would watch multiple things over again, uh, I watched it. It wasn't with the commentary, but it was with like, there was like a version you could watch of the movie that was like, uh, it, it gave like little pop-up quibs throughout the duration of the movie. Some of it to just tell you facts about the filming, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and some of it was essentially commentary. And one of them was a, uh, a quote by one of the producers and he, and you know, essentially he said, he was like, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is the story. It's, you know, it's the story of the kid who doesn't get to go off to college in the big city because there was a flood the previous season and he's got to stay, he's going to stay home and like help raise the new crops and stuff, you know? Um, And, you know, obviously we didn't grow up on a farm. It's funny that you bring up like, you know, Batman and Superman. And once again, Superman is my favorite superhero. And there are many reasons for that. Um, But you hear that and that's quite literally a Superman thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That whole dynamic of the farm and, and the sacrifice and doing what needs to be done and looking out for other people. But like you said, Marvel and specifically with Spider-Man and other characters as well, but specifically with Spider-Man, they're just able to tap into that in such a way. You feel the heaviness of it and you feel the reality of it and uh, the dreariness of it. But also because of that, it makes it that much more relatable. And it makes it that oh, yeah. you can, it makes it so that you can connect to it that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even if you aren't a kid who grew up on a farm and we're going to go off to college in the big city and the crops got rained out, you know, you can, Spider-Man technically wasn't that kid, but it's that same principle of, um, yeah, again, with great power comes great responsibility. But again, like you're well, given these opportunities yeah. or these opportunities are thrown upon you one way or the other, you're faced with things in life. And, you know, the question, there's two questions, you know, really, what what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the person who goes your own way and does whatever you want? Or do you want to be someone who who tries to face these things and face them essentially with honor? And if you, if you're going to take that second option, what does that look like and how do you do it? And I think in the story of Spider-Man, you know, we, we really get to see the answers of that and they're not always like pretty, but they're all, they're usually always worthwhile. Well, moving towards this 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 MCU iteration, because we've talked a good deal about we've talked about the Sam Raimi films, and that was obviously uh, hugely impactful in each of our lives. So I think that all of us would say that Spider Man Two might have been our favorite film at a certain point for the same reasons, ironically, which were mm-hmm. um, a lot of that had to do with that that particularly difficult um, surge of responsibility that we each felt uh, during that difficult time period, and we all uh, resonated with that. And, and those Sam, that's at least the first two Sam Raimi films are, are, are quite good in terms of actually communicating the character of Peter Parker. And I want to talk about this MCU version, um, yeah. but in between, just to give them as quick of a shout out as possible is uh, the, the, with, is the, the Andrew Garfield's, you know, the amazing Spider-Man directed by Mark Webb. Now those aside from maybe two or three scenes, having just rewatched them are, are um, they're a rough go through. 
uh, and the one outstanding choice that was made is, was was uh, the choices or one set of choices, I guess, was the the choices made in casting. And I think Andrew Garfield was a great casting choice for Spider-Man. And just so just to, to close up this uh, this first portion of the conversation about, you know, Spider-Man past. Andrew Garfield uh, showed up to the Comic-Con after, uh, you know, convention after being introduced as, as Peter Parker, the new, you know, Spider-Man Peter Parker. And uh, he gave this speech. And this is part of the speech that he had had written out, actually. He said, Stan Lee says that the reason why Spidey is so popular is because all of us can relate to him. And I agree. I needed Spidey in my life when I was a kid. And he gave me hope. In every comic I read, he was living out my and every skinny boy's fantasy of being stronger, of being free of the body I was born into. And upon receiving his power, unlike most who have become corrupted, he used it for good. And I think that we all wish we had the courage to stick up for ourselves more, to stick up for a loved one more, or even a stranger that you see being mistreated. And Peter Parker has inspired me to feel stronger. He made me, Andrew, braver. He reassured me that by doing the right thing, it's worth it. It's worth the struggle. It's worth the pain. It's worth the tears and the bruises and the blood. And I wouldn't be able to stand here in front of everybody right now without feeling that Spider-Man was here with me with his reassuring hand on my shoulder, making sure I don't fall over and concuss myself. He's inspired countless people, girls, boys, men, women, all of us. And he saved lives and he saved my life. I owe Webb have a lot and I Oh, Stan the man a lot. And I'm humbled to be here. And then he goes on talking about how he feels like this is like the coolest moment of his life. But I think that a lot of that encapsulates really what it's saying is it really is this, this hope despite being in a pretty hopeless circumstance. And to your point, Seth, uh, not having a bad attitude about it. That's the wild thing is he's Mm -hmm. not dark and morose at all. Sometimes he's even like overwhelmingly light for someone who, if you know, his comic book history is darker than any film has done. Yeah, um, far darker. So okay, moving into this sure. MCU iteration, it, there's so much to unpack here, and I'm going to try to streamline it to the best of my ability. Um, and as I see it, I see that I think that the conversation is what this Spider-Man brings to the table that the other iterations of Spider-Man filmed haven't, what it's lacking in how this latest film, as I think we would all agree, has resolved some of those problems. And I think also scattered throughout there is going to be some conversation about in defense of the MCU. Um, Because I'm finding, and I think you guys are as well, I know you are because we've talked about it at length. There's a, there's a, uh, this new sort of, you know, art school versus, yeah, yeah, it's MCU versus, um, I've seen people make, you know, it's the MCU versus A24. Uh, or it's uh, the MCU is it's not real art it's not real cinema um, I've gotten in in in, uh, in depth disagreements oh. with with yeah. with friends of ours about how even the early on Marvel films which by the way in retrospect are so much less good than yeah. than what they've been doing as of late and yet the attitude towards them is almost shifted and now it's kind of this thing where people are rolling yeah. their eyes and and, and I think you would uh, I think you would agree with this it's definitely different. Right. And, and I mean, there will you, be blood you, is not. Yes. Uh, is not. You, we were just saying, cause we all have letter boxes and we rate stuff. Uh, I'm not as you know, good at it, but Sean's on it all the time. And are you on it, Shane? No, I, I do have one. I, I haven't kept up to date in a while, but yeah. 
I drop in and out. Neither here nor there. It's a, yeah. So so you know we have letter boxes and it's just a good way to rate things and you know put your stamp of approval and stuff if you feel the need to do so and keep up with your um, friends and what they're viewing. Yeah, and like I mean Shonda writes reviews all the time, which are very good. With that being said, you know the bottom we were talking about how how. Like, like rating these movies is very difficult because it's like, you know, how do you, I mean, like, for instance, I just watched uh, Black Widow. Uh, I don't feel like it has a lot. I very much so enjoyed it. I don't feel like it has a lot of rewatchability, you know, anytime soon, other than watching it in the construct of the timeline of the MCU when I watch it with my kids eventually or something. Um, but it was funny. It was a good movie. Uh it was good. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a seven. It's hard out of 10, right. seven out of 10. Right. Cause six is, you know, six, I could, I could have given it a six, but I'm like, I, I quite enjoyed it. So I'll give it a seven. You know, I, the right. acting was good. I liked the characters. I like what it did in the universe enough. Um, I had my problems with it as well, but that neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, the, uh, this movie you know comes out and we're like eight because the problem is is nine is you know almost a perfect movie and then 10 is there will be blood right right? and then for me i mean it's like my favorite movie so uh so the problem is is like how do you rate rate these movies and and my point is yeah just i mean they're definitely different i mean in this but i think that there needs to be and granted i don't know if this is where you know we want to jump into it now but i'm like i think that there just needs to be they need to be understood and i don't feel like they are you know like i agree with you they like you need to understand what you're walking into it's 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 an adaptation to something much 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 more uh rich and bigger than um what most of these people comprehend and and once again i understand the the pushback a little bit but but i i also think that there's a great deal of ignorance that goes into uh the criticisms of it and um and what's frustrating is it's like that arrogant ignorance <laughs> that that i feel like uh you know gets brought to the table a lot but it neither here nor there well, and I feel something too that's interesting to me that I, I, I've just kind of recently like almost started to recognize is that for a, like a lot of the people that I've noticed are like as dismissive uh, dismissive towards it or like critical of it as they are, um, are people who like once again are people who, who grew up and have a very similar sentiment as we do to like the original Star Wars movies. And I think that that's funny, you know, before I go any further, I do want to say, you know, I I truly do think the original Star Wars trilogy is kind of, uh, you know, on a, on a, this is in a field all its own. Um, There's just something magical about those movies, but at the same time, you know, they are what they are. They're very much so based off of, you know, the, the archetypes and that whole philosophy. Um, And again, yeah, you had people who at the time of those movies coming out, really appreciated them and loved them you also had people who were hypercritical of them because of all of Mm -hmm. the you know the lack of uh not being able to engage with the medium the medium of Mm -hmm. you know what i mean of the the world and the setting and how it all works um but i think it's funny because like i said you there's these people who 
you know, up until a point have shared very similar sentiments uh, with us in regards to, like I said, like Star Wars and recognizing the necessity for those archetype stories and um, what they provide and the, the importance and significance of them. But now, now that there is kind of a new version of that, and I recognize it's a somewhat more commercialized version, but now that there is, and it's not entirely original and that it's based off of previous source material and like Star Wars was, but I would say that it very, on my part, I would say it very much so falls in the same category of, again, these mythological, you know, archetype stories that speak to deeper truths um, that are necessary for kids to see, I think, well, and sure. for well, the kids and yeah. adults to see, you know. Well, and, and then just adults to see, because it's it, like, it, I think right. that we've lost our way. And, but I, I will say my, the, the main point I wanted to make on this on this specific topic is the fact that it's like, what I, the, here's the way I see it. And this is what frustrates me with people, because it's like, oh, the art, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, I get it. I, like, I'm not going to, I'm in, I'm in it. But neither here nor there. There's no one here. There's no one yeah. here who's going to debate. We're all sitting here like we're all like, I mean, Seth, you and yeah. I at the very least are fans of like, you know, Ingmar Bergman and Andre, you know, Andre yes. Tarkovsky. It's not like yes. we're not sitting here yeah. saying we're not trying to compare uh, these these works to that. I, but I think is it, but but, but I within think we are trying on a to level, say, though, on a level, though, because yes. here's what I this is what I th- my main point is, is that my goal is to see is storytelling. Yes, I'm concerned about the story and what it's telling me. You know what I mean? I don't care. And within reason, I mean, but that's the thing. It's like on most of the thing, most of the movies I have problems with or most of the books I read that I have problems with. It's, it's how you conveyed the story or what the story even is about the criteria of the story. Right. It's like, this doesn't, this doesn't resonate with me, not just with me, but with anybody like, or it, or it shouldn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, uh, so for instance, like uh, manga, I, I don't like manga, not my thing. And what's funny because I like comic books. I love comic books, but it's like manga is not my thing. I can't do anime very much or very often. However, I very much so recognize that there's good stories. And with that being said, I could list you off a number of animes I like, despite the fact that it's one of the mediums I almost despise most. And, and it's due to the fact that this, now I'm not going to go out of my way. And I, I, so I get that, but, but I, I just think that. Um, and if it's not your style what, what, of storytelling, then that's, that's, that's fine. But to be dismissive of something that is. So rich. And over so, half a century old. Yeah. Over half. Well, yeah. And it's America's, I mean, we talk about this all the time and I think I've heard it somewhere else been said, but we've said it ever since I can remember, but it's like Americans mythology. Like it's in, in, in these stories, so many of these stories are so profoundly deep. If you look at the, the, some of their parts and the core of what they are, you know, it's like, like, this isn't transformers. Like this isn't just stuff blowing up and some movies, some Marvel movies have been that. And I get that, but it's like, or you you get what you give, you know what right. I mean? If you give it enough attention, it'll change your life. <laughs> but if well, you don't, and, and that sounds that sounds hyperbolic. But the the but the, there's 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 truth to that, and all of us here are, are testaments to the fact that that is true of Spider Man. Like I'll tell you right now, yeah, I felt inspired and encouraged and uh, affirmed in this new. In this, in this new in Spider Man No Way Home, by the end of it, mm-hmm. that's how I felt, and, and heartbroken. By the way, very, very, very yeah. heartbroken, profoundly sad 
but mm-hmm. not without sense of purpose. And that has to say something significant. And so I'm pulling from a couple of conversations I've been having recently with friends who are of a different mindset. And, and to make them very brief, I'll, I'll list two. There's one uh, in which I was having a conversation talking about, um, I had a friend, who, we have a friend who's who started going through the MCU from the beginning and he keeps, you know, there's so many problems. He's calling out with, you know, some of these early iterations of, of the movies. And it's, it's really, really mind boggling to me because uh, one of the, one of the arguments I'm, I keep hearing is kind of that things feel like they're more than they're, it's more of the same. Um, mm-hmm. And, and when I've pressed on what they mean by that, it's a lot of, well, it's similar humor and, and it's similar. Like, it feels like they, they, they found like a, a model that works and they want to keep going with it. And uh, to a, to an extent, I, I understand that. Um, but I'm really astounded by how much flavor each film kind of each director and each iteration, each branch of the MCU really does have on its own because Captain America civil war or winter soldier are absolutely nothing like Iron Man three, which is essentially a Shane black film, which is nothing like Thor Ragnarok, which is hilarious. Um, which Thor Ragnarok is more similar to the Guardians movies and it's cosmic and it's kind of knowingly ridiculous. Um, but that, those also exist in the same world of Harry, or not, of, uh, but those also exist in the same world of the John Watts Spider-Man now trilogy, yeah. um, which a lot of that, you know, I mean, at least in the first film, um, Homecoming harkens back to John Hughes films. So there's, there's a, there really is a vast array of, of different types of storytelling. Um, and, and one of the conversations I had with this friend is like, listen, so you have two ways to look at the MCU. You can either judge them, each film is a film in and of itself, which by the way, I already have problems or with, you know, Seth, you were mm-hmm. you brought up before about, you know, uh, you brought up before the idea of comparing like there will be blood and, you know, and, you know, Spider-Man far from home and and how that's difficult. And I do, I'm a firm believer that we should view a movie like. Uh, no way home, I would say, because far from home is fine. What? It's good. No, f- far from home's good. My, I love far from home. Yeah. There's ways. My biggest like- is. There's yeah. ways where I like well, far from. There's ways where I like each of these yeah. Spider-Man movies more than the other two. Yeah. Um, right. Well, well, and this will get us into the other stuff. But anyways, finish okay. Right so, so yeah. yeah, I think that if you're judging, I'm a firm believer mm-hmm. that the way that you approach Pitch Perfect should be different than the way that you approach The Power of the Dog. Right. That's a film that mm-hmm. just came out on Netflix that I would highly recommend. It's very good. Um, and there's a reality where I can give the same score to, you know, Molly's game, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Sorkin's Molly's game. I would give the same score that I gave uh, Molly's game to Black Widow. And for very mm-hmm. different reasons. And do I think Molly's game is a better film than Black Widow? Yeah, absolutely. David Fincher talked about. Um, which actually I'm quoting him, but I'm, I, I, you both know I've proudly made the statement before uh, I ever knew Fincher did is this discussion on the idea that there's a difference between movies and films. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that you need to judge things according to their, I think you need to take art according and according to, 
I think you need to judge art in its context, in its proper context. So if somebody is watching The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and they feel like, I mean, well, you know, it's kind of only part of a story, so I don't really know how I can feel about it. It's like, okay, well, right, but it's part of a story. I don't feel like I can give a proper assessment to uh, the new Dune film until I see part two. Because it's yeah. one picture, really. And it's the same thing with Lord of the Rings. They were all filmed over one period of time. They were all edited and you know put together like to, at the same time. Like they were, it's essentially one film, just like the Lord of the Rings, the book is one book. So I think we should view the Lord of the Rings trilogy to some degree as one film. In the same vein, the MCU, when I just rewatched all of them through again, I found myself appreciating Age of Ultron much more. Now, I didn't mm-hmm. like Age of Ultron when it first came out. Why? Because I felt like the way that they went with Ultron was, I mean, it wasn't true to the character. I felt like the character of the comics, and I still feel, is much richer than this Ultron. Um, and, you know, there was a number of other issues I had with it. But in retrospect, when I look back at it, and I see it as a, uh, a step in the direction towards Civil War, and ultimately Infinity War, it... it it's much, much more impressive to me. And the fact that Kevin mm-hmm. Feige in this, the, the Marvel Studios has been oh, having this long yeah. track for this long is mm-hmm. in and of itself makes me have to say, this is art. I'm sorry. Well, and this is, this is where, this is where, to, and we can, we will tie it back into No Way Home. But um, even up until like Infinity War, it's like, this has never been done before. Yes. Ever. And superhero movies have never been done well before, that well before, you know? Um, I know there's like the Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage movies. Those are sacred to me. <laughs> Sarcasm but, but, is such a hard uh, method of communication to pull off over podcasts, by the way. I just want to say. Why, why, why would you bring that up? There you go. But this has never done before, so maybe shut your mouth. Maybe, may, may, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe enjoy, like, maybe appreciate what's happening here. And in this, and furthermore, this has been my biggest defense for. And we, I, w- I would like to focus more so on the movie and why it's good because yeah, we, I mean, absolutely, because the haters can hate. And and like, I, there's, a, you know, what strikes me honestly is th- there's a Lewis quote. We, we, you know, growing up, we were Lewis fans and whatnot. We still are some of us. And C.S. Lewis, family. yeah, C.S. Lewis, and um, you know, he has that quote about fairy tales where he's like, you know, I, I, when I was growing up, I was afraid I would read fairy tales and quiet there, and and you know, in secret or something. I don't know, I'm butchering it, but at, whereas, like, you know, I, I, as I got older, I found out that you know, that you know, the the childish thing was me being afraid of reading fairy tales. That's what, and 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 Absolutely. the reason. And, and what I would say is, you know, that that's just, it's, it's like, and then that goes back to my point of like, you get, you get what you give, you know, you get what you're looking for from these movies. Like, if you want to just be like, Tony Stark is a profoundly deep character in these movies, especially in the comics as well. But in these movies, I mean, he, he, he is such a good character to like a redemption story, right. Of a human. He was he was one of the ones he, he of a fallen me. human again you know? watching watching them through recently when I was you know preparing for season for um, uh, phase four to come out yeah watching them through Iron Man two that was one where I was like you watch Iron Man two and you go ah whatever it's like a mm-hmm. superhero movie but in context watching it yeah. through again if you remember the arc reactor is poisoning his body 
Sure. And I, I remembered how he almost died in the Middle East in Iron Man. Yeah. The arc reactors that saved his life was now poisoning his yeah. body. The uh, he flew the missile into space and in the first Avengers there's, he got stabbed in infinity yeah. war. And so there's multiple times where he almost dies and you could kind of look at that and go, Oh, whatever, this is obnoxious. Like they're going to try to keep pulling us and pushing us with this. But when in game ends the way it ends, there's some beautiful closure to his story and understanding that he was always living on borrowed time. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which to some degree we all are we all? always. Yeah. But but him in particular, it's like he should have died. He was given a second shot at life in in in, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and he made the world better. And that's just so profound in and of itself. And that is one yeah. character. Well, that's um, one character. And then you have then you have, and then the duality of Cap, where it's like maybe some people need to like back off and focus more on their personal life, and maybe life shouldn't be about saving the world, which yeah. is a good which is a lesson that spider-man could learn to some extent you know what i mean that's that that is kind of even the duality of spider-man where it's like i don't think that like the takeaway from spider-man's character is just to constantly sacrifice your life and your time i think that there is a place in the time to to um focus on you and yourself and and your loved ones and so on and so forth i mean but neither here nor there but but these marvel movies explore all these things that are like extremely deep and would affect people's lives deeply and i will say we have we have such a we're blessed with such a big group of friends that we are close to that we've known for years and years and years and we've had a lot of fallouts and you know it's we have our own comic book of a of a group We're, we're blessed to have all these friends so i think that it's easier probably on top of the fact that we were raised with comic books to like see to have so and then we became familiar with the Enneagram, which, you know, uh, was a way of kind of like recognizing our, (laughs) recognizing our strengths and weaknesses in a lot of ways. And you, so you're able to appreciate ensemble of, uh, characters in it, you know, in one place. And I, I actually think that's a great segue because you talk about a huge ensemble of characters. Yeah. As much loving Spider-Man and as rich a character as he is, it was an extraordinarily ballsy move Mm -hmm. to throw him in is one of the additions to Civil War. For sure. Already like a massively, I mean, more than anything. I mean, it's it's, it's more of an Avengers movie than a Captain America movie in its own way. It's both, Mm -hmm. really. Um, So I want to segue into Tom Holland's spider-man sure. i've taken it as it's come with tom holland as i like him as spider-man i like that he's a teenager but what i will say is that they, they it's, it looks it's, like it's, one it, yeah yeah right but they address to shane hit the nail on the head kind of even with the animated series for me where it's like that's kind of been what's how i felt with tom holland where i'm like this is fun you know what i mean like right. yeah he's dealing with some issues but it's not he's not spider-man where once again, spoiler alert, which by the way, we, this is a spoiler prose. Uh, so, you know, up until this movie where that he's a young kid, he pulls it off. Well, these movies are funny. They're fun. They address thing elements of, of Spider-Man, but I, for me, they didn't hit home, <laughs> uh, you know, 
yeah spider-man so in yeah and i think that i think we would all agree on that was that was one of the biggest concerns I, I'm I ha, I've had again up until this newest movie I've had a duality in my 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 perspective on Tom Holland's iteration of Spider-Man in so far as on one hand I love the character I love how funny he is I love how funny I mean go if you rewatch Homecoming it's a remarkably funny picture and also there was it, it did a, a a serious service in helping resolve the problem of the marvel villain because a lot of times we had the marvel villain who was just like you know guy who wants the thing so he you know builds the suit or something versus in that film you had a character who was a blue collar worker who got you know uh his livelihood taken from him while he was cleaning up after the avengers and his livelihood was kind of taking from him from the Avengers. And so he kind of decided to, and that was already an interesting concept. And then they gave me another one of my favorite villains from the series in Mysterio, which actually was always my favorite Spider-Man villain growing up, but having Jake Joan, I'll play him and the reveal. And I'll say this, I mean, some of my favorite, if you take my top 10 favorite MCU moments in general, I think two serious contenders are going to be Vulture opening the door when Spider-Man's picking up his date and it being his date's father. My heart dropped in the theater. And then the other one being when Mysterio successfully takes the glasses from Peter and he's, you know, kind of starts laughing and starts turning into this twirling mustache villain in a really fun way that's really believable and enjoyable. And they're, they're yeah. fantastic, fantastic moments. And, and the movies have a bunch of those. So they're very, very good movies. I like all these Spider-Man movies. But as much as I like them, I had this reservation of the fact that it's like, can Spider-Man really, really be Spider-Man if he has access to billions of dollars worth of technology? Yes, 100%. Funded by Tony Stark. And Shane, I know this is something we had talked about a lot. I don't know if you have two cents to add to that. Yeah, I think, well, so like generally speaking, I think that I would say like my kind of general orientation towards these movies uh, up to this point had, had been kind of this dynamic where, you know, I was able to very much so appreciate and value Tom Holland, Spider-Man in the context of the MCU um, in regards to, you know, his, you know, like we've said, his ability to occupy the the high school teenager element of Peter his ability to be, you know, fun and young and, and banter back and forth with people. And even in terms of like a specifically, maybe not so much Spider-Man heart, but Spider-Man lore, I kind of saw him as a potential to like get the furthest that we've ever gotten with Spider-Man lore, which as Seth already addressed earlier, there's so much like richness in Spider-Man's lore in rogues gallery that it's been disappointing in both the two previous iterations to see them lay these seeds or this potential only for it to like come crashing down or them to like, Oh, like try to like overdo it. You know what I mean? And so yeah. um, I, like I said, I would say that my, my general orientation towards Tom Holland's Spider-Man thus far up to this point was an appreciation for him in the context of the MCU specifically. Um, and seeing the potential of maybe getting the most Spider-Man content, the most solidly done, but at the end of the day, kind of with this underlying sense of like, maybe at the expense of like truly great and, tr and also honestly, probably truly true Spider-Man stories. 
Um, and I was okay with that because I, again, I feel like we especially did get that with at least the first two Sam Raimi movies. So it's like, at least it existed out there. Um, but at the same time, it was always, it always kind of felt like a, just hitting the beats or, or a missed opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, so huge fans of Spider-Man always have been excited about his inclusion in the MCU took umbrage with some of the ways that it was going to happen, albeit understanding that it was going to kind of the, the, and again, shout out to Marvel studios here because the way that they have navigated some of this stuff, despite the, legal constraints they had even regarding sony mm-hmm. having the character of spider-man has been they have there's a degree to which these are some of the best movies that have ever been made <laughs> because so much needs sure. to go into it to each one to to work in its own sphere while moving the plot forward while checking legal boxes and that's very difficult yeah. but so you've got great great fans of spider-man love the character tragic hero uh, introduced to the story and you know in, in civil war there's a vague mention of when you have these sorts of powers you know and you don't do things to help it's your fault which led me to believe that uncle ben died in that reality but we haven't really said anything about that um that's neither that's not been explicitly confirmed and then it moves into his movies and the first one's kind of a high school movie and peter parker going through his problems and trying to learn responsibility a little bit more. And then the second one is him continuing to kind of take up the mantle. Another fascinating thing about all these movies has been the fact that Peter Parker has been there to pick up the pieces after every big event. If you think about this, Um, the first Mm -hmm. Spider-Man movie happens and Peter's picking up the pieces, you know, uh, the second one is right after Tony Stark's dead. You know, this after the first movie after Endgame, he's picking up the pieces. And now there's a multiverse and Peter Parker's picking up the pieces. Um, Moving into this film, all of us are advocates for this film hugely. Yeah. So I, I want to turn it over to you guys after saying there are many ways where this is almost a quintessential Spider-Man film, despite being so the, 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 the stakes being so radically different. You know, you take Spider-Man two and he's trying to pay rent and you take Spider-Man uh, no way home. And he's, you know, dealing with a magic spell. So what makes it a Spider-Man film? Well, the first thing I would say that is impressive and people can knock it, but this is, this is kind of like trying to put a new lens on what, what we have known for movie storytelling is that you can say that it has weaknesses due to the fact that it's pulling from these films that are not as strong you know what I mean? Have not stood the test of time, a few of them, right? Sure. But really what it's doing is it's almost taking, it's filtering the best parts of these Spider-Man movies in the past and bringing them to present to a two and a half hour long movie. By the know? addition of and adding the Andrew Garfield and the Wire Spider-Man. Right, yeah. yeah. And their villains, you know what I mean? Like, um, like it, you know, and then, it, I mean, isn't that what the Marvel universe has been doing? And that's not to say all the movies are perfect, but what you're doing is you're kind of, each movie, this is why Infinity Game, uh, Infinity War, or, or which is the last one, Endgame, in, in is such a profoundly good movie, but it's it's not, and, and, it, it, and this is the thing, it's calling you to do more than just watch a movie. And what it's calling you to do is watch 20 movies. You know what I mean? And it's like, is that fair? I don't know. But it just all the more builds up the moment when 
Cap gets the hammer, you know what I mean? And then starts fighting Thanos and they beat Thanos. It's like, that's in the same way, the Spider-Man movie, I mean, like it takes all of the, taking three different Spider-Men from their universes and their stories and this, and we, and that we talked about this, but it's like, you know, uh, and I'm not one to tear up like ever in movies, you know, but like I, water just like instantly hit my eyes. I didn't, I don't think a tear came out, but then not, it's okay to cry, by the way. I'm just saying that I, I don't cry. Well, I usually. don't. Right. No, I don't. You know what I mean? It's just no, it's I not a I natural thing don't. for me to do. Um, so whatever the case, but like tears just like instantly went to my eyes when, when um, uh, Mary Jane, her MJ, that her, MJ and, uh, fell and, and Andrew Garfield saved her. And, and I, you know, after the movie, and I think we all had that, like, and we didn't even really sit next to each other, but we all had that same um, response to that moment. And the reason why, though, it's like, so why was that? Was it done so well? I mean, it was, but but no, it's the fact that there's a whole story, an entire story behind that, that if you that uh, one moment encapsulates yeah. two hours, like four hours worth of tragedy <laughs> that we'd watched yeah. before building up. Yeah. And Go this on. is where I, I've been saying this to, and, and, and I've been saying this recently, and I think there's some people have taken like, you know. I think they've taken uh, maybe even offense to 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 what I'm saying when I and I'm not trying to be to be rude, but I think that this these movies are starting to prove that there are people who appreciate comic books yeah. and there are people who don't. And I and, and I'm yeah. not and I'm starting to expose the the posers. <laughs> Ex- expose, expose the pose. No, but yeah. but in, 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 no, and no, and I don't even mean to say it like that because it, it's not to say that someone can't like love. No, Watchmen I like that lo- you said it like that. Or, or love a simple iteration but it, it's not to say that there aren't people who don't no i know somebody, what you're saying yeah you know what i mean but there's difference between someone who reads comic books casually or graphic no- i'll tell you right now in my older age i have mm-hmm. read more graphic novel collections and say like i've got mm-hmm. a huge i've got shelves full of graphic novel collections you seth read comic book issue to issue more than mm-hmm. i do and yeah. i still do it yeah. Yeah, there yeah. are people who can do that, and there are people who don't. And there's nothing wrong with being either one of those. But if you're mm-hmm. a, the type of person who is, you're gonna if you're if you're the type of person who can read issue to issue in comic books, you're gonna have a much easier time. Well, and I don't like it. Just to be very oh, it's clear. exhausting, right? It, well, it's exhausting, and it's like you, there's a there is a lot of fat that can be removed. Yes. from some, a lot of this, you know, from which is why a lot of the graphic novels can, when at their best are can, great. When yeah. Batman Year yep. One one is excellent. Why is Batman yep. Batman Year One is excellent because it mm-hmm. narrows down the story. Why is um, Hellboy so great? You know, yeah, Hellboy is great because it, there is no fat. There's no. It's fat. just a straight yeah. story. Watchmen yes. is great because it's twelve issues and you're done. So mm-hmm. there are times where that's going to be, and it's not to say that someone can't, but there's something different to when you yeah. can almost see Andrew Garfield catching MJ as a hyperlink to everything that that moment means, all of it. Yeah. For yeah. Peter Parker. Well, yeah, I know, and this is what, like, once again, I don't get too emotional like that. That I just watched it, and I don't before I could even think of what that meant. My body knew what it meant. And I mean that, and that means something to me, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's, that's a response from a movie that I haven't had in forever, you know? Absolutely. Um, so it's like, it, it was just like, what, you know, it was a, it was powerful. It was a power, powerful moment. But with that being said, I mean, that's what, the, that's one 
one of the um, instances that that happened in this whole two and a half hour long movie that they, you know, they were able to do and they just knocked it out of the park when they easily could not have. What would be like, uh, for instance, it's almost why, and you guys don't fully know all this yet, but Jason Aaron does Thor, okay? And in in Thor, you have uh, young Thor, uh, present Thor, and King Thor, who's the the all-father Thor. It's like past, past, old Thor. You're right. So, but even just that, it's like, so you have these three Thors and the pinnacle of the story. Okay. So, so with that being said, now poor correlate to the, that, to your life, you have 80 year old Sean, you have in, in the Spider-Man movies, not unlike that, where it's like you have 80 year old Sean or Shane, you have present Shane, and then you have five-year-old Shane. What is, and then, and then you're able to take these characters and see what's the same elements of their story. It's, it's, it's a, um, it's powerful, you know what I mean? And, and that's what they were able to do with this movie, you know, with Spider-Man. And, and it's almost like, so it, it was, it was a true representation on so many different levels of what Spider-Man represents. And if you see the movie, you know why, but we, I can explain to you why, which is the fact that like straight up in the moment, I was a 100% with Dr. Strange. I was like, hell no, <laughs> just push the button, get them out of here. You, you know, but, you know, Spider-Man was like, no, you know, uh, redemption for four villains. Why? I well, didn't get it. That's my that's my largest takeaway from it. It is a yeah. it is an incredibly redemptive story. OK, Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker is redeemed in his he finds closure in the greatest tragedy in his life. Peter, yeah. uh, Toby Maguire's Peter Parker is able to step in as a wiser and by the way not perfect i mean one of the most beautiful moments in the, the movie i think is is andrew is is uh auto octavius asking toby mcguire you know how are you doing and he says yeah. ah, you know i'm trying to be better i'm trying to get better and it's it, he's not arrived one of the the brilliant things the movie did is it says heroes continue to be a work in progress we continue to be oh, a work yeah. in progress all of us and we are trying to redeem uh ourselves like we're trying to work through our process and and, and continue to be better versions of ourselves than we were and this young boy is showing that that could be possible and i mean Mm -hmm. say nothing of the fact that all the movie takes more villains than we've ever seen really i think in Mm -hmm. in any of these spider-man movies i mean spider-man 3 part of the problem with it is that it was too overcrowded by having three villains yeah having harry's goblin uh Sandman in Venom. And this mm-hmm. one doubles that, right? Mm-hmm. All the while having Doctor Strange being <laughs> kind of like a, a antagonist in his own right against Peter. And he's mm-hmm. juggling all these things. And the goal is not to beat all the heroes, it's to cure unite them. It's to unite them to the best to redeem parts them. of themselves to, to redeem, redeem them. them yeah to yeah. redeem them to cure it, them in the time them. and once to again this is, this is coming out in a time and granted it, it's always like this but it's like in a time where no one's concerned about redemption i would say at all everyone's extremely harsh like in today's society you know and um it just all the more emphasizes the attributes that i even have to remember daily of what you know it's like what not just what being a, but yeah, yes, what being a hero is. 
and what life's about right you know what i mean that that's my main thing is it's like you know it's if if we if we can't all get better then what's the point you know yeah because uh, none of us are done no none of right. us have arrived yeah which i mean you already addressed that with spider-man being like you know i'm, I'm working on myself and it's like but maybe that's the mindset to have right to be able to be the person who does that, you know, uh, to, to who can who can bring forth. Well, and it takes um, an acknowledgement of redemption. That. Takes, yeah. yeah. And, and to be redeemed, it takes acknowledgement of mindfulness. It takes an acknowledgement yeah. of understanding how broken I am. Yeah. To accept grace and redemption, which is the only thing that really. Yeah. There's a, you know, we talked about the Enneagram here and there, but there's a great quote um, from uh, one of the books by um don richard rousseau and russ hudson that says you know in the end the enneagram is merely an intellectual system and it can't work magic but it can give us some objective perspective on to give ourselves a it can help us look at ourselves a little bit more objectively it gives ourselves some perspective so that we can become closer to opening ourselves up to grace which is the only thing that can really transform us and i'm paraphrasing there a little bit it's probably not a perfect (laughs) quote adaptation but that's that's the gist of it and it's this idea that it's like well that how do you become redeemed without recognizing that you have first stuff to work on another point i was thinking about and funny enough i i thought about this and i won't harp on this long at all but as uh and earlier this morning you sean sent me the punisher thing you know, and Jason Aaron's doing a new, did you hear about the shame? You know about Samurai? Yeah, Samurai Punisher, Frank, yeah. what, it, taking over the, the hand, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, it, it, what worries me is that it's the 616 universe. So it's like, it's going to be canon, whatever it is. And, but then again, it doesn't worry, worry me because I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll leave it if I don't like it. But yeah, you get to give and take the like comics it. in general. Yeah. But here's what I don't like about it is that they're like, you know, yeah, well, Jason Aaron's doing it. And I, I do like Jason Aaron a lot, but what's hard is that, you know, I think that they're going to focus on him kind of going to the end of the line and being a villain. And I'm like, you know, what I've always liked about the Punisher and the Punisher's a dark character and he's not a hero. He's an anti-hero. Right. But it's like more than that though, he's a character who's, I, I think in a weird way though, like he has he has redeeming qualities and then furthermore the best i also am a fan of villains a lot of villains in in um comic books and in anything and i mean my favorite movies there will be blood but nothing is more i'm like the villains most that i can relate to and understand right so and you can only understand them if they have a fall from grace and more maybe more better put a fall from redemption and the idea being that they had a redeeming quality that descended into sin this is even so to speak and sin being uh maybe destroying half half the population because of you know but that's what made Thanos such a good character finally in the mcu and my point is is the fact that like the the idea of beating your villain is just it, it mean, and that funny enough, that's even what the Punisher is, right? Where it's like he's just he, he's eliminating his villains, right? But the what I think is, and I don't even like it, but I I have to wrestle with it is the concept of being able to redeem your villain, right? And then with that being said, though, that makes the villains all the more not relatable, but but it, it just it it just yeah, it's just a powerful message, you know. It also uh, makes know. it also makes the hero 
it also makes the hero more impressive because when you have a hero who can, instead of just destroying the villain, somehow save them, like save their soul almost. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. that's some that's some next level stuff. I mean, I, I'm I'm certainly in agreement with with everything you guys have had to say, and and I you know I think that to to speak towards some of my thoughts and some stuff that has maybe been like a little less addressed or, you know, uh, what's what's funny for me is that so many, both, you know, before the, before I even got to see the movie, once re- reviews started getting released, you know, I try, I wanted to really avoid spoilers and relatively speaking, I successfully managed to do so, but something I kind of continued to see some of the reviews saying was they were like, you know, they're like, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a spectacle, but that's about it. And like, and like, is it going to be worth revisiting? The answer, or like, right? The answer yeah. Is. Or like, and so then like, like and, and they were like, you know, or like, uh, I just thought they would have gone further, you know, or they, or they could have gone further. And I got to say, this movie exceeded my expectations, both in purpose and in execution. I was prepared for fan service and, and a little gimmicky. And I was even there for it because yeah, I, I wanted to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Let's just be straight, you know, but I did not think that it was going to be, t- you know, I thought that they'd show up really at the equivalent of what would have been the Statue of Liberty fight. That's what I, I thought, thought they too. would have showed up then, kicked some butt and yep. jumped back in their portals, you know, and that's not what it was at all. And that's not what the story was at all. It wasn't just cleaning up cleaning up, you know, and I think that that's even something, you know, when we were talking about with Tom Holland, Spider-Man, it's like, you know, before there was kind of this thing where it's like, especially in regards to that being, having access to billions of dollars of technology, like you said, where there was kind of always this idea that like, ah, but it'll get cleaned up, you know, it'll get, even if it was rough, oh, his antagonist in the first movie is the father of the girl he likes, you know, and I'm not saying that there's still some definitely some weighty stuff for a teenager there to have to go through, um, but there's still this feeling of like, you know, uh, like, uh, it'll get cleaned up. The obviously the Mysterio ending of, of Quentin Beck revealing his identity at the end of Far From Home, that's obviously, that was more of like a, what are they going to do with this? And we got to find out, come no way home. But, um, but I, but like I said, I kind of, I kind of just expected a good fun time and, you know, some cleanup and we'd be back to status quo. And that's not what this movie was at all. Um, and I think that, it, like I said, I, I, I personally was really, it exceeded my expectations both on execution and on significance. And I was, I think it was as good as it could have been. And I was like impressed and more than impressed. It's like the word like, that keeps coming is almost like proud. I'm like, I'm proud of them for going the route they did and utilizing uh, the the characters and the plot device and the um, story the way they did um, and to the purpose they did because, you know, something I want to hone back in on, who, which kind of character do you want to be? And if you want to be the character who tries to make things better and do the right thing and go through things with honor, you know, what does that look like? How do you do that? And are you willing to do it, you know, recognizing that it's not always going to be easy, but it, it'll be worth it. And for me, I specifically wanted to use that word worth it because it's like, it's not even necessarily always all right. There are times where things turn out all right in Peter's life, but it's ultimately like, it might not always be all right, but is it worth it? And what's cool is I didn't know you were going to read that Andrew Garfield quote. I hadn't heard that. And that's at what he ends he uses that word or that phrasing worth it. Not everything will be all right, but worth it. 
And I think that's so cool, even in relation to this movie, because, you know, kind of jumping to the end and then working back a little bit, MCU Peter, Tom Holland Peter, ends up with nothing. Like less, less than nothing. Less than nothing. Devastating at the end of this movie. He's at the, By the end, he's worse off than I think any Peter Parker has been. Yeah, and I think so too. He has no GED, his aunt, like no one remembers him. Yeah. Yeah, it's like even in the other stories, he has Aunt May still. No, no this May is now. heartbreaking. It's hard. It's devastating. Heartbreaking. It's devastating. But it's beautiful because, and this is where it's like, and it's amazing how they've managed to do this with Spider-Man, where he's such a down-to-earth character, and yet they're managed to they they're they're like they're able to pull off these like really meta stories with him and these literally interdimensional stories with him, and they manage to do it whenever they do it, but by reframing the heart of Spider-Man. They did it with the Spider-Man animated series back in the 90s. That's how it ended, was with the dimensional, interdimensional story arc. And it was ultimately to the purpose of who Spider-Man is and what he means. They obviously did it with Into the Spider-Verse, and they did it again here. Um, and and what's beautiful is it's like, yeah, he so he got it's it, it, he was able to make that choice because again, he got to see that it's worth it. And what's so cool is he got to see that it was worth it from people who are literally out there and the multiverse making those same decisions and he yeah. got to see it just a little further down the road and then again and i think this is really worth honing in on doesn't mean it's all going to be all right but it means it's worth it I, you know like i said so I, there was a few reviews that were kind of dismissive but then there was a review i listened to by a guy that like i almost like 98 percent of the time i'm like on the same page with and i wasn't even like disagreeing with him here but what was funny is Who's, who he, is this by the way who is he's a youtuber his name is thor skywalker he mostly does okay. star wars stuff but he right. does some mcu stuff okay um so shout out to him a lot, a lot of respect for him but he was taught in his review he was talking about he was talking about the redemptive aspect but what's funny is he framed it like by saying like oh this was like really redemptive for toby mcguire and andrew garfield's spider-man like everything like got, got like resolved for them, but like it was like it end, ended really badly for Tom Holland Spider-Man. And he's not wrong, obviously, as we've accounted, as we've addressed in terms of Tom Holland Spider-Man, but even in terms of Toby and Andrew's Spider-Man, what, what I think is like, I think it's important to realize like, for one, like you said, and I love it, but with like Toby's Peter, where he's like, you know, how are you doing it? Trying to do better, you know? And then furthermore, Peter, like if, if, if we're using the logic of the multiverse that they've set up specifically in Loki with branching timelines and stuff, both Peter and Andrew or both, sorry, both Toby and Andrew are still going to go back to their realities with nothing changed. They, mm -hmm. by, by redeeming the villains they redeemed, that's just going to cause a new branch of their realities when they go back. And Peter and Toby's world that he goes back to will uh, Norman Osborn is still going to have died killing himself on his glider. Harry's still going to have died defending spider-man after having decided to go the route of the, the goblin initially in andrew garfield's world gwen stacy's still going to be dead and so they didn't yeah there, there, there there's a higher redemption it's not a resolution it's not a cleanup but it's a redemption in that because of the mistakes because of the things they've went through they've got to see how they could maybe do it better and how that could be worth it for someone else and i think that's really in a large way what what got to what got to give tom holland's peter the incentive or the the extra push to do what was right even though it might not be easier to turn out the best but because it would be worth it for more than just himself 
And I think that that's just, like I said, I think that that's really kind of the thing to consider. And I think that's well, that's really what, it's, that's what it struck is, is it, you know, the, the duality of this movie was redemption for villains and then sacrifice for the hero. I mean, it's like, yeah. you, you know, in order to, to redeem, you may need to sacrifice, you know, yeah. um, and not, you know, is all, and this is always a theme of Spider-Man, but and not throwing in the towel when things get rough or when things yeah. don't go the way you'd want them to, or when you lose out, because it's the only reason that Toby's Spider-Man and Andrew's Spider-Man got to serve in that more like informing and instructive part is because they themselves. Or better yet, the only way that you can do that is by going through the fire, right? You know, yes, going through. Right. So, so it's not that like when times get hard, try and keep your chin up. It's like, no, when like times are going to get hard and they have to get hard because you have to get strong. It's the only way you're going to pull the refined beauties of life out of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to get burnt up. I also think there's something to be said about, and this is something that really struck me is like, would I, how much, you know, we talk about this idea of people talk about this idea of like self-love or self-care. And that's always been something that's been difficult for me to process. Um, Mm -hmm naturally and i think that that's probably the case for all of us but if you met you from another universe particularly if you didn't even look like you let's say you know what i mean let's say it's like that yeah like like you you see a seth from another universe and he's played by dane dehan you know or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like would you would you have some compassion for that kid especially if he's 16 years old and i think that yeah you know, this, I, would. I would this is another thing yeah. that i think is cool is that i think that i think that in this is, I think, even take the three of us. We're not the same person. We're three different people, but we're probably about as close as, as you get to being three at the same. I mean, we have very similar mm-hmm. ways sure. of growing up. You know, I mean, we've, we grew up in the same exact experience. Even talking about the Spider-Man movie, we all dealt with an extremely, many extremely traumatic times in our lives. We all had to walk through those fires. And there were differences, mm-hmm. particularly based on our personality types and our general perspectives. And also, sure. we fell in the family hierarchy or whatever it might be but the bottom Mm -hmm. line of it is we all still went through it and we all still resonated with it and Mm -hmm. i think that this movie also what's beautiful to me is that this movie validates all of peter parker's yeah in a way i think it validates all of us yeah it validates that that theme of of what peter parker and furthermore spider-man represents because i agree with that sean i mean for one uh, admittedly yeah it's kind of hard to explain unless you you have a relationship like ours, but I, I got to be honest, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but seeing them together, it, it did, it kind of struck a chord for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? In relation to like us. A, like of having brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny even too, because Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man says, he's like, you know, I, I never had brothers, but what's so cool. And this is why it just, again, it's like, you know, talk about, you know, pulling diamonds from the rough. This is where it's so cool that these other universes did get to exist never with this being the in-game intention you know what i mean but they got to exist where you got to know these guys as spider-man you got to know these aspects of spider-man's story all similar but from different perspectives and with different events that's right um and you got and and you got to then bring them all back together because they're like love and like camaraderie amongst each other at no point felt like self-congratulatory which was in one part i'm sure helped by the fact that they were they're different actors they're different physical people um and they bring something different to the role but it really felt like this camaraderie of of common cause and purpose um and like you said that it's validating for peter parker which is furthermore validating for spider-man which is furthermore validating for 
all of us. For all of us. And that brings yeah. it full circle, ironically. I mean, I didn't intend for that necessarily, but we were talking in the beginning. One of the first things we talked about is like how when you're growing up, you feel like you have to state claim over certain heroes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know for a fact that each of us has lived th- through a life feeling like we were Spider-Man. Albeit being very, very blessed and fortunate to have each other. We absolutely have. But but we felt like Mm Spider-Man. All three of us have. And I would say to a degree, we all absolutely were Spider-Man in more Mm -hmm. and less ways than each other. All every one of us. And and that's in to Andrew Garfield's point, so is he. Yeah. Spider-Man really is an everyman and he's worse than an everyman in so many, like he's better and worse than an everyman in a sense, because he's, he's also, his life's even more tragic. Yeah. I mean, thank God none of us had like a girlfriend who we might maybe killed. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like, that's with yeah. Gwen Stacy. It's like in the original comic book, even in the original comic arc, it's, he doesn't never really knows if he broke her neck or if the green goblin killed her beforehand. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's tr- just monumentally tragic. And none of us have anything like that in our lives. But sure. yet there are ways where our struggles have, pres- you know what I mean, have, have, mm-hmm. have felt. Spider-Man has given a, a voice or a, a vision to the things that we've experienced internally. And I think that's just profound. And then better yet than that, he gives us a, a you know, and this is the, what makes him a, a powerful char- character and, and makes it worth it and, to get into this stuff is that he gives you a um, he does give you a playbook of how to maybe proceed with suffering and proceed yes. with sacrifice. And it's, it's always Spider-Man's story. That's the other thing It's like this movie encompassed it, I think very well. Um, they were juggling so many different balls in the air. It's, it's, it's amazing that they did what they did. And I, I, I would say it's a shame that, if anybody doesn't see this movie for what it is, which is a, which is a masterpiece for what it is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and I mean that. A tr- a oh yeah. No, yeah, it, it's it's a triumph. it is. It's a triumph. Yeah, because it it's, it's, it's like, how could you do have done this better? It operates at once as mm-hmm. a continuation of the MCU where we're like bringing in all these other characters and things like that. And then it also offers, it, it, it's maybe the most literal representation of, again, this idea that like, well, we're all Spider-Man. We all understand Spider-Man. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, that there are multiple Spider-Man yes. <laughs> out there. Yeah. This movie is like, in a way, it's like the most Spider-Man movie that's been made. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, then you even have like Miles Morales. And I mean, what, um, uh, into the another great film. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, but it's the same thing. It's the yeah. same story, but the same. But it's not a bad story, and it's one that we have to be. I have to be reminded of constantly. Yeah. You yeah. know, which is which is uh, you're you're not special unless if you choose to be. You're not you're not a victim to your life because everyone's a victim to your life. But you can be a hero if you can withstand the trials and rise above the trials that you're presented with absolutely you know no i love Um, well even a brief brief briefly you know yeah into the spider-verse where it's like you know i again that whole idea where it's like you know i love the the you know leap of faith or you know 
Miles mm. asks how he knows when he'll be ready, and Peter responds, "You won't. It's a leap of faith." And then when when Peter is like all like willing to die, but like not necessarily willing to go back to his reality where he might still have to be a regular everyday guy and try to reconcile with Mary Jane and stuff, and he asks Miles how, you know, how he how does he know he's he's not gonna screw it up? You know, Peter yeah. asks like, you know, how do I know I won't just screw it up again? And Miles responds by saying, "You don't." And yeah. Peter's like, right, it's a leap of faith. Um, yeah. But I love that idea again. Like I said, where this this just this idea of like, you know, it might not always be easier to turn out all right, uh, quote unquote, or the way that you think it it would or should. But that that it'll have purpose, that it can have purpose, and that it'll be worth it. Um, and 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 also this idea that I think that this is something that's always been cool with Spider Man, and it's cool when they've gotten to show it in like these interdimensional senses where he gets to see that there are other. Peters out there or other Spider-Man out there. But then also you get to see it in in some of the best storytelling moments of Spider-Man movies, like in Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie on the bridge, when they're throwing stuff at Green Goblin while Spider-Man's trying to help the kids, or the second Spider-Man movie when on the train after Spider-Man yeah. saved everyone and they're trying to defend him. Is this idea that like no matter what, you might feel like you're alone in trying to take this high road, but you're not. And if you and, and if you keep taking it, you're gonna you're you're and and you rise above the the mist and you know the 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 clouds and the things obscuring your vision. Eventually, you'll see other people on that high road as well, and and that you know they they've got your back, and that you're all yeah. working towards something together. Um, and I love you know when 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 like when they're about to go, Toby and Andrew in this movie, and he goes to um you know he goes he he, he goes he's like you know thank you guys and and like goes to hug them and stuff. And they're like, it's, it's what we do. And I love that even that, cause it's not like, it's not like a, it's not just like, ah, oh, we're Spider-Man. Like, of course it, it, it's, it, there's like this statement saying to him where they're like, you know, this as well as we do. Yeah. You would have yeah. done the same thing. You know, you know, there's a difference between fans serve there's fan service. And then there's thematic congruence or a narrative payoff. Yeah. And I think that this film, right. and, and, and they can be, they can even work in tandem. Oh, sure. But, but, but this, this film, gives that thematic payoff and again in, in really profound ways and and i, I really do think yeah. it's, it's excellent yeah um well and so no, i was just gonna say because you know in, in closing even with with the character of spider-man but this movie does it well and i could you know give several different for instances but it's like you know in this is coming from someone who is a realist and by a lot of people's terms like kind of a pessimistic person um and I'm not good at this, but it's like the, the character of Spider-Man is someone who doesn't, it's like, he doesn't let his, he doesn't let life define him. He defines his life. Yeah. And that's really the core of what being a hero is, is like yeah. knowing what you are about and it's about your, your truth, but your truth can't be self-oriented and it can't be it can't be self-oriented it, it can't be self-oriented yeah exactly yeah. it yeah. has to be it has to be something that is uh anchored higher than you yeah anchored and rooted beyond if, you if and if it's in because if it's not then why the hell didn't he kill goblin yeah right or in he same, had every right to or in that if, same if, case if go on yeah well as you say in that same case where again it's like you know like with spite with with green goblin with doc Ock, these are people similar to spider-man who had stuff happen to them yeah you know that they could have been risen from or they could have allowed to you know continuously and it's actually very well done in both again and especially in the first two spider-man movies uh sam yeah. Raimi's ones but where they both 
both of them initially, like I would say the Green Goblin definitely starts out more evil than Doc Ock does, but still you see that resistance from Norman for a while in the first Spider-Man movie. And then little by little, he starts giving into it, you know, yeah. or even Doc Ock, you know, initially when Doc Ock loses control of the tentacles and they start kind of taking over him again, there's this resistance. And eventually he's like, you're not, you're right. Why shouldn't I get what I want? Why shouldn't mm-hmm. I do what I, what I want to do? Because this is the, this is the position I'm in and it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's just a very cool parallel because literally they're, 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 they're kind of in the exact same position as Spider-Man, you know, yeah. no. but what do they decide to do with it? And it's again, this idea of, of Spider-Man's orientation being anchored outside of and apart from and beyond himself and yeah. versus the the being anchor versus the you know the orientation being directed inwardly or solely towards self and to his goals and to his to the things that that he that, wants to accomplish right yeah. yeah and this is what's cool with superheroes is that there's different there's different messages for different people yeah. and what i mean specifically is like for instance i do think like there's a place for for uh steve rogers story arc which is that you might need to take time and get married and not constantly give 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 but the 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 um mythological truth (laughs) you know the truth of truths in spider-man's character is the fact that he is self-sacrificing and that's what saves the world yeah you know And um, and this movie displays that better than any movie I think yeah. has done it. Actually, it's literally the theme of the movie, and yeah. not by no, and no, no, certainly not unintentionally. You know, yeah. No, we can only hope that people will appreciate it, or those who are MCU'd out can uh, can learn to see the 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 value in 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 things like this because it's 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 a it's it's a profound message we all need. I'd like to actually end this episode by quoting a media post that Seth had sent to Shane and I, which came from one of Seth's favorite comic book writers, uh, is a man named Donnie Cates, who'd been doing a lot of really interesting stuff lately for Marvel Comics. Most notably, he wrote for Doctor Strange, Venom, and created the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Cates posted this. Megan told me today she hadn't seen me that happy in a long time, and honestly, she's totally right. Not that I'm an inherently sad person by any stretch, but my job is very stressful and blah blah blah, adulting is hard. But when I watch a Spider-Man movie, I'm transfixed. I'm eight years old again, sitting on the floor of my room, surrounded by comic books and Spider-Man and Venom toys. My face hurts today from how hard I was smiling and crying in the theater last night. The world of Spider-Man is truly my happy place. And last night I got to spend damn near three hours blissfully giggling like a child and feeling the weight of the world slide off my shoulders as I escaped into that world once again. What a wonderful, powerful piece of art that film is. I will never be too old or too jaded to not be stupid happy watching a Spider-Man movie. And if I ever am, please kill me, because it means I've been replaced by a scroll.